0: Hello and welcome to this podcast with 24 Karat Golden. I am doing a small disclaimer as we had some technical problems with Golden's mic cutting in and out. Um, We have solved the issue and this will not be happening again. And please enjoy the podcast. Welcome Golden. This is 24 Karat Golden, also known as Golden. Yes. Um, Gold and I know each other through Blake. Is it Blake's lucky? Yeah, Can I think I introduce? Blake
1: introduced us for the first we, time. We
0: met at a party, like, like a couple months ago, like a, almost a year ago. I want to say no, it longer, might be two
1: years ago. Wait, yeah, twenty
0: twenty. I think it was the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. I think. Um, we also went out last night. We did. And we're. And fine shape
1: now. We're vibing, yeah.
0: How was last night? Do you have fun?
1: I had a good time last night. Mm-hmm. I liked the, the disco theme of it all. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the most fun times I had in a while going really?
0: out. Really? It actually was?
1: Because I don't go out that often, mm-hmm. so it's like, if it's hidden, it's hidden. If it's not, it's not.
0: Yeah. Do you dress up for that or no? Nah, I
1: was just yeah. doing the golden.
0: Wait, why don't you go out?
1: Because mm, I went out very frequently in a pandemic, and mm-hmm. I felt like I just kind of like burned myself out of it.
0: Yeah. Do you live by yourself? I do okay interesting you live
1: by yourself
0: i live by myself it's like you have your whole like childhood bedroom is your apartment so it's like you just get to play in like every room of your space like this is my room this whole thing you know
1: you've decorated finally
0: thank you i appreciate that also you can play music whenever you want and then you can just like do whatever you want like there's just like i don't get how anyone couldn't live by themselves to a degree
1: do you like having people over more or you like going to other people's spots more
0: um, I don't know. I think I like having people here because I don't have a car. I don't have my license. So, mm-hmm. um, I like you don't have your people license? People. No, I don't
1: have my license. Are you from I, New York?
0: No, I'm from Toronto. Okay. But I somehow made it like, um, I think I like fell into the, the group of kids that like started using Uber and then just like continued using Uber. That's like, that's literally my form of transportation.
1: So what are you going to do when there's a zombie apocalypse mm. and you need to get from point A to Dude, point B?
0: I don't know. That's a good question. I, I'd just be honestly fucked.
1: All
0: right. So. That's a fair... I've never thought about that
1: in my life. I've been thinking about that a lot for some reason. Mm,
0: What, zombie apocalypse? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, how so?
1: Like, I think it's because all these, like, Korean uh, zombie movies I've Mm -hmm. been watching. Like what? Like, which ones? um, Train to Busan. Mm -hmm. All of Us Are Dead. And there was another one I liked, too. But then I just started having dreams about it. And I'm like, yo, I kind of want to be, like, prepared in the Mm -hmm. off chance, the 0.001% chance that there is a apocalypse
0: most people like most celebrities and like uh politicians and just like success or uh, powerful people have doomsday um like cabins like they all do and that makes me question i'm like so like you guys have this like what what don't i know you i know don't what i, I
1: mean? me personally i'm the same boat as you yeah. like i didn't get my illuminati invitation mm-hmm. yet they didn't <laughs> give me my doomsday bunker so <laughs> yeah. I'm, i feel you on that one yeah
0: it's just interesting to me i'm just like like Almost like in, um, I guess, like throughout society, like a a pattern in human behavior is like some sort of like, it's all over, like some, like the society fights against each other, like kind of like Mm. a, like a war, but within the society. So that's what they're anticipating, all of them. It's interesting.
1: I think, I don't know, like there's been so many extinctions, like Mm -hmm. ice ages and the dinosaurs dying and stuff like that. I think to think that we're not capable of the same or the same type of thing isn't possible to happen to us maybe not now but in the future is a little bit a little bit ignorant yeah
0: no 100 percent.
1: all good things have to come to an end maybe it's a thousand years from now though yeah fingers crossed
0: interesting are you like a do you get like nervous with that kind of stuff or not really like you can't worry about
1: like existential crises like that Mm -hmm. do you
0: Get worried? No, that's it. I was talking even to, to Dexter about it. I like, because um, I live alone. Oh, I probably shouldn't say this because <laughs> I, I don't want to like have someone rob my shit. But um, I I um, I tend to like not worry about a lot of things, to be honest, just because what's the point? Like, and then I think about it. I'm like, am I super ignorant and naive like that girl that just like <laughs> thinks everything's fine? But then how else am I supposed to live in fear of what? Of fear? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like.
1: No, that's real. Because it's like, I think it's somewhere balanced in yeah. between like prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Yeah. Did Did you grow up in like the city, city of Toronto yeah. or like the suburbs or what? I
0: grew up in the proper city.
1: How was that like?
0: Um, I loved it. I, I like Toronto because you're fucking injuring me. I love it. Um, I, I like Toronto because... um. It was, it was just like that perfect, like mixture of a city. Like it was, um, it's one of the most multicultural cities in the world. If not number one, I think it actually, because of immigration in Canada it might be number one. Damn. Um, so there's no like identity of Toronto. Everyone looks different. Like wherever you go, literally. Um, so I love Toronto for that reason. Um, also too, like I got like all the benefits of the city and- all the benefits of like having space. Like I could yeah. go out to like the farm country, um, go up to like people's like lake houses and stuff like that. So Toronto's great. I like genuinely it's like one of the best cities um out there in my opinion.
1: I still haven't been yet. I've been, you meaning been have to you go. been to Canada in general? I went to Vancouver once. Which
0: How was, was that? It was cool. Mm-hmm. It reminded
1: me a lot of like uh San Francisco.
0: Yeah. But that's where you're from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was that?
1: What San Francisco yeah. or Vancouver? San Francisco's fire. Mm-hmm. Cause it's it's very much like a big city, you know, you got public transportation, you got sports teams, restaurants, shopping, but it's all like shrunk down because it's such a small yeah. actual space. And I think one of the cool things about San Francisco, like Toronto, is how multicultural it is. Yeah. Like I went to school with all types of kids and yeah, yeah, it's, I, I like to get that perspective.
0: Yeah. Does your family still live out there?
1: But I was just, my sister and my dad, they're mm-hmm. out here right now visiting because okay. my sister's about to go to a college. Yeah. So she's trying to decide like where she wants to go. How old is she? She's 18.
0: What's her major, what does she want to do? I don't think she fully knows yet, but she got Who into- Who the fuck does also at 18, like no one?
1: Isn't that kind of like a crazy concept yeah. that we're supposed to know what we want to do with our lives? only like not even 20% yeah. into the whole
0: life? Well, I think they're just mostly, it's like they, they have no nothing else to do. So it's just like, okay, at this age, we should start funneling kids in this direction of like, you should figure it out. So yeah. it's like you you have to like figure it out by 18. Everyone kind of does it bullshit. And then like just in the hopes by the end of your college degree, you have some clear idea. Maybe of what you that'll do. be what no, you want to do. Yeah, yeah, but it is kind of crazy that at 18, because- I think everyone objectively can agree, like, 18 is, like, you're a true child.
1: Yeah. True. Like, you know what
0: I mean? Even now, I feel like a kid. Well, How old are you? 23. Okay. You're 21. 21. Yeah, Yeah, I just turned 21.
1: I think between 18 and 21, you learn so much. Yeah. And that's, like, still just a tip of the iceberg of, like, life. Like, I call it, the first 18 years is, like, the tutorial. Mm -hmm. And then.
0: Why do you call it the tutorial?
1: Because it's, like you're that's when you're still figuring everything else out before you're like an adult Mm -hmm. you're in the real world and like in the game for real yeah when you were 18 did you know what you wanted to do
0: no i had just gotten scouted when i was um i got scouted when i was 16 and then i was like modeling but i was such a shitty kid at that time that i like just was so living day to day like i literally had no anything i was just like i don't know i was such a like i don't know i was not like interested in making like my parents proud kind of kid. <laughs> I just wasn't. So well, what were you interested in? I was just interested in like having fun at that time. I did not take like life seriously. And like I got scouted. and I didn't know why. And I was just like, this is so crazy. Like I'm just going to have fun. And like, that's what I did when I was 18.
1: But you don't seem like you regret that.
0: No, I don't. I definitely don't. Yeah. Do you regret like any of that?
1: Like nah, going to like parties in yeah. high school and like doing dumb shit with your yeah. friends. No, nah, I think that's a part of... That makes you who you are. Yeah. Some people don't do that, and that makes them who they are, and they yeah, don't that's regret true, it. Yeah. But I don't it's know. A good point. I think all my favorite people <laughs> were yeah. kind of idiots when they were kids.
0: Also, too, like the fact that like I was so uh, unfocused and kind of like rebellious from like ages like thirteen to nineteen, I feel like I did it too. Yeah. So and then I almost snapped out of it, and I have no. I'm like I fully because I was so unfocused. I really only cared about nothing. Yeah. So I know that no matter what, like I'll be able to like lay on my deathbed and be like, I did that. And I, now I'm like actually so much more interested in focused work because I, yeah, I have no guilt now. I'm like, I never have to like wonder like, oh, I didn't party enough. Like I just don't have that. You probably party too much. (laughs) Too Maybe too much. Yeah.
1: So my experience is a little bit different because Mm -hmm. I was like, I went to this school called Lowell High School in San Francisco and it's a public school, but it's like, you had to like take a, a test to get in and all mm-hmm. this shit. So
0: is it like a charter school kind of? Like a
1: magnet school. Okay. So, cause it's like, it's like a college prep magnet school. It like has, I think they do like the most AP tests in California or like okay. one of the most AP tests in America or something like that. Like so, a top
0: notch public school. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so Monday to Thursday, I was like focused and like all about my school shit. Cause that kind of came easy to me, mm-hmm. but Friday, Saturday, Sunday we would mm-hmm. be like, in Glen park like just yeah doing the most just ignorant underage yeah drinking type beat. you know
0: that's so interesting because i i watched um your i watched most of your uh podcast with impulsive you have such a like um mature like head on your shoulders like you really do you're so wise um like beyond your years i agree with them um but it's interesting to me even too because it's still like not by, because I agree with like how kind of you go through life, like work hard, play hard, you yeah. know, I just like that you've tapped into that so young. Like, that's crazy.
1: I don't know. My parents were always like, if you get your work done, you can kind of do whatever you want. Like, yeah, just get your homework done and you can go fucking play Minecraft for eight hours. Yeah. Like, it's cool. But as long as you get your work done. So I think that definitely instilled that into mm-hmm.
0: me. What did your parents do?
1: So my mom. Um, my mom and dad, before they had me, they were models, mm-hmm. just like you. Love it. And they like traveled the world and like fell in love with each other. Mm-hmm. Like they, somebody got to make a movie about that one day because yeah. it's the sweetest story. Yeah. And um, then they came to San Francisco. My dad still started; he kept doing modeling stuff. My mom, she was a waitress at like this hotel. Had me, had my sister. And then, like, the modeling industry kind of shifted away from the Bay Area more Mm -hmm. and, like, just concentrated in L.A. So then my dad started doing catering stuff and my mom kept being a waitress. Mm -hmm. But now, like, my dad is writing screenplays and my mom is, like, she just got a new job, actually. I'm hella proud of her. Mm -hmm. She's, like, working with, like, cancer patients and people Mm -hmm. like that, um, like, yoga and, like, health and nutrition and stuff. Oh,
0: yeah. That's awesome. Does, Does she have, like, a background in wellness?
1: Not before, but like mm-hmm. she, after she had me and my sister, she, you're used to looking a certain way. And that kind of inspired her to like dive deep into health and wellness yeah. and like a bunch of other shit like that.
0: That's cool. What about like creativity? Like are either of your parents creative like you?
1: Yeah. So my dad, he like is a writer. He oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. like screenplay books and stuff like that. What about like music
0: that. specifically?
1: So it's crazy because my mom actually wanted to be a singer. Mm-hmm. That was her dream. That's sweet. She was in like a traveling choir and her father was like very by the book. Mm-hmm. So he was like, nah, you can't go to school for music. You gotta go to school for something that's practical. So yeah. she said, all right, I'll be a teacher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she started teaching above and beyond the curriculum mm-hmm. and the school didn't really fuck with that, especially back then. Cause they like, she was teaching them about like African history and like Egypt and stuff like that. And they was were like-
0: Was she a grade teacher?
1: A, a grade?
0: Like for a specific grade or did she have a subject?
1: Oh, um, I think she taught, like, elementary school, middle okay. school, and high school. Okay. So, like, she bounced around. But after getting, like, in trouble with the school, she was like, if I can't teach these kids about the world, I don't want to teach. Yeah. And that's when my her cousins submitted her for this modeling competition mm-hmm. without her knowing. And then she, like, was a finalist and flew out to L.A., and that's how she got started in Damn. that. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. What was, like, your, like, initial push into... Doing it professionally, like when was it like a hobby to like I'm gonna go like reach out to labels, see what happens.
1: Well, I started rapping for real like when I was probably like 14, mm-hmm. and, like freshman year, something like that, and like we would just be in my my homies' like mom's car, or whatever, like mm-hmm. hotboxing and freestyling on YouTube beats. Yeah, and from there, it just like the 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 rotations, everybody would go around, my turn would just keep getting longer and longer and I would not stop rapping. Yeah. And they were like, yo man, like, you better go do that shit. Cause we tired yeah. of listening to you like rap your ass off for 20 minutes. Like somebody else needs to hear this. We're tired of that. Yeah. And I had this mentor, like my my OG, my big bro, his name is Paperboy. And he runs this sneaker boutique that was like two blocks away from my house. And he makes music too So I started going there When I was 13 mm-hmm. And he was always like Yo, you should make music You should make music But It wasn't until I was a little older That I was like Confident enough to do it
0: Yeah What about like When if When you think back to like um, Just like freestyle rapping Like out of curiosity like, like In your perspective Like why do you think That was like an outlet for you Was it like the The aspect of expressing yourself Or was that just fun Like what was that sensation you got out of that that was
1: I think that's a great question I think like initially it was literally just fun like mm-hmm. I just was a genuine fan of of music I think to be a great yeah. artist you have to be a great fan yeah you have to study music and appreciate it and I had listened to music my whole life and like Subconsciously digested music my whole life Like my mom would brag to her friends When I was a little kid Mm -hmm. Golden can listen to a song on the radio And know all the words by (laughs) the end of it Yeah. And I think it it just felt natural to me
0: Mm -hmm. What did you grow up listening to?
1: So much shit like Like, Black Eyed Peas, Kanye West I used to have this Michael Jackson Greatest Hits music video DVD compilation I would watch on repeat um, Lauren Hill, Boys to Men, like mm-hmm. a lot of soulful music.
0: Did you ever have like the confidence at that age to do like talent shows and shit like that? Or not really? So I'm, I'm trying to think. Like my school didn't even have talent shows. So they I didn't have even, talent shows? No, they didn't. It was like I think in Canada people are a little like more sensitive.
1: Like they didn't want the like kids to get laughed at or something like that?
0: At one of this is a side thing. at One of my my old school didn't even keep track on scores in games. It, but that school was so progressive though And it just sucked This is yeah It was uh, so
1: I know Before we get back to the main <laughs> I don't like I don't fuck with that shit at all I don't
0: know Neither do I Cause
1: I don't think that prepares you For the real world no. Like in the real world Sometimes you gotta take an L Yeah And you shouldn't teach kids That nobody takes an L You should teach kids That everybody takes an L sometimes
0: Completely Yeah Not like bandage them up Like actually like Have them like know what's
1: going Yeah, get used to get used to getting get used
0: to pain your you know? shit rocks yeah. sometimes yeah 100
1: percent. i also believe that fist fights like duels should be brought back into legality
0: wait fist fight duels like
1: duels like what if, do you you, mean? if you have like a problem with somebody like you should be able to like challenge them to like a duel okay. even if they accept a like,
0: duel
1: like define a duel this is yeah like a duel is like a sanctioned <laughs> battle like yeah. you used to be allowed to duel with pistols yeah in america like up until like I think like the mid 1800s Wait, or something like really? that. Really? Yeah.
0: You could legally duel
1: one of with the with pistols? One of the presidents or somebody like like a, a got killed. I think I was in a Hamilton or something uh-huh. like he got killed in a duel cuz he was beefing oh, with shit. this dude. Yeah.
0: Well, well would it would all duels end in death like for one? Is that the is that the pr- like point of it? I
1: think like as it went later they became more symbolic mm-hmm. and like the point was just like who's going to shoot their yeah. Strap first
0: like chicken kind of yeah yeah
1: but but i don't know some they didn't always end that way it's
0: crazy well like in in terms of like if you did it like a fist fight duel like how would that look like what would that look like i don't know i think probably just like would you have to like name a time and place like would it be like spur of the moment it
1: duel? would probably be more like sporadic mm-hmm. or whatever but just like like i wouldn't want nobody like get hurt Yeah. Like to the point of like being like physically like dead.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Just physically dead.
1: But like, I don't know, like just, you know, first man to tap out loses. But I I can see a lot of problems coming with that.
0: I mean, totally. But I mean, it's, that's interesting. I mean, I guess it it would just be like UFC, like just, but is that, is that illegal now just to fight each other? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't know. I've never like fought somebody. Wait, to fight someone's illegal?
1: It's like assault and battery.
0: But what if it's, like, a mutual thing? I guess that's what you're getting at.
1: It's, it could be mutual battery.
0: Yeah, interesting.
1: Or, like, public disturbance.
0: I guess it comes down to if they care enough to press charges at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. or if there's,
1: like, a cop that sees you. That's
0: int- I never even thought about the aspect of, like, fighting being illegal for some reason.
1: Yeah, and, like, there's, like, phones and everything mm. nowadays. So, like, if you, like, world star, like,
0: yeah, that cha- that
1: one word changed the whole changed the whole game.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But, no, I never did any talent shows. Okay. Yeah, I was I was a little shy back then.
0: Interesting. Well, what's like your, what do you think like your main like character arc has been like since like age like 14 to now? What do you mean by that? Like, I guess like your actual just like, um, like who you are as a human being, like from 14 to now, like maturity wise, I guess it's like maturity wise, like how you treat others, how you like, yeah. like what like voices in your head kind of thing.
1: So I was always like a pretty like kind and respectful mm-hmm. person. Like my parents raised me that way. I think as like I kind of went from like being I was always outgoing, but I was like shy about like my talents or something like mm-hmm. that. And then as I got older, like I I was like really confident, like in high school, I was the only kid rapping. I thought I was a shit, you yeah. know. Um, and then like when I was 18, I really thought that I had like life completely figured out. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, why are you guys like <laughs> like tripping so much or struggling so much like this life shit is easy. Yeah. And I feel like as soon as you think something like that, like the universe like punches yeah. you in the stomach. Totally. and It is like, Oh, you thought you had this shit figured out? Yeah. How about now? Yeah. And like, just going through trials and tribulations, I think has made me a lot more humble, a lot more self-aware mm-hmm. and a lot more purposeful.
0: It's interesting. Cause, um, like intelligence is almost measured and in like in- intelligent people know how much, how little they know. Yeah. And then people that are, um, tend to have like lower intelligence levels, whatever, believe that they don't know how little they know. Yeah. So they almost have this kind of like delusional confidence because they don't know how much they don't know.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of fucked because the intelligent people are always overthinking or overanalyzing or doubting because they're trying to do all the math in their head. And those are the people that really should be more confident. I know. And I think confidence gets you very far in life. Yeah. And oftentimes that's why the people who are the most confident might, nece- might not necessarily be like the best decision makers. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of explains like a lot of problems we have in like politics and like yeah. industries and stuff like
0: Completely. that. How is like your like family like responded to like your rapid um, kind of like climb into fame? You, ca- you, you got like, f- like big quickly, didn't you? Well, I know Mood was like a skyrocket success. Number one fucking hit. Love yeah. that song. So great, <laughs> by the way. Um, But you did Valentino and what what was the other one? City of Angels. City City of Angels. So those were like your two kind of hits before that. That was like, was that your first thing into anything kind of like charting?
1: Yeah, that was, those were my two first big songs. Okay. And it was interesting because even though those songs are, you know, Valentino's two or three times platinum, City Mm -hmm. of Angels is platinum. It's like, I don't think a lot of people... Associated the song With the artist So mm-hmm. People might know Valentino But they didn't know Who made that song And because City of Angels Was so different than that They definitely didn't know That the person that made Valentino Was the same person That made City of Angels Yeah So Mood was the first song That like Tied everything together And like Made people put a face To the music Yeah Which was Interesting because The most famous I've been Or the the peak of my career Thus far was right in the middle of a global pandemic too, mm-hmm. which yeah. is weird as fuck.
0: Yeah. How is like, like, how is like your like parents so like responded to this? Like even your sister, like I'm curious, like what goes on in your house? What what are they saying to you?
1: My parents are like very, very cool and very supportive. Yeah. Like if I'm, when I was down bad, you know, like just mental health, I could always call them and mm-hmm. they would give me like words of affirmation. My mom would be like, yo, do you want to do like breathing exercises? So sweet. My dad yeah. would let me like vent to him. And I'm not a very emotionally vulnerable person normally, mm-hmm. just because I don't know why I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but those are like. I feel like I could talk to my family about anything. Yeah. And my sister, she's like a little like rock star of her own. Mm-hmm. But what I really like fuck with about her is she doesn't... A lot of like kids that are like siblings, like younger siblings of famous people, that kind of becomes their personality. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, totally. this is my sister, this is my yeah. brother, whatever. And it's like, my sister's not like that at all. She doesn't tell anybody that I'm her brother. Yeah. She doesn't want people to know. She, she wants to carve her own path, which I really fuck with.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, in terms of like the, like struggling with vulnerability, like what, then how do you, like, where do you, like, if you're in pain of some sort, this is just me, like curious about it. Like if you're in any sort of pain, which everyone goes through, like, how do you, do you not express it? Do you cry ever?
1: I, yeah, yeah, I've, I've cried. cried before. I yeah, you once or twice. Before. Wait, yeah. really? Only
0: like that little? No, no, oh, I'm, you're fucking. Because like, like, there's some people I know like that. That's why I'm like, you know.
1: Well, I, I barely, I'm like almost never cried probably mm-hmm. from like the ages of like 10 to like 19. I, I probably cried less than 10 times. Like I could count yeah. it on the number of hands. But then after that, like, I don't know. I think- I've cried more recently. Like I've gotten more in touch with my emotions, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Especially as as like a guy and like, as a, as like a black man, like Mm -hmm. it's not very openly accepted to be like more emotionally vulnerable and stuff like that. So I think it's a process of reprogramming myself. Yeah.
0: Do you find it useful? Like, do you want to be more emotionally available to yourself or is that kind of something that you see and you're like, maybe I should do that. It seems, or like, what do you, how do you look at it even?
1: I like being emotionally available to myself. I just don't so much like being emotionally vulnerable or available to other people.
0: Okay. So like in private moments, you're fine to yourself. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I think that's still healthy, you know, to a degree. Do you go to to therapy or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, you do.
1: Yeah, I fuck with therapy. Okay.
0: Yeah, me too. Are you able to like do that there or no?
1: Oh, cry there? Yeah. I don't feel like crying there.
0: Okay. Interesting. That's very interesting. It's cool. Um, How has like your life been? Um, wow! Since, what a vague question. Know, since, <laughs> since specifically, um, well, I find it I find it so fascinating with people who have um, like you you hit a number one song at such a young age. Like that's just such an interesting like life path that you were given. Like that's part of your story. Is yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Like that's part of, that no one can take that away from you. Like that's nah. part of your story. I think that's so cool. It's it's a mind fuck though yeah.
1: because honestly, like my whole plan in life was. Okay, like, I got I got into to college in L.A., mm-hmm. right? I was planning on... I didn't think that I was going to even drop out of school until my sophomore or junior year. Yeah. So imagine my surprise that by the time I would be a junior, I already have a number one.
0: Wait, so, so were you still in school during that? No, no, no. Okay, you went to USC, right? Yeah, I went to USC That's for a cra- year. great. How was that? That How was, was
1: fire, too. Yeah. Like, I, I'm glad that I got that college experience yeah. before I got this experience. Cause I think that was like good training wheels into LA. Mm-hmm. Because if I just went from being like a high school kid to like a rapper, I think I probably would have like bumped my head a lot more and made like a lot more poor decisions.
0: Yeah. What about like, do you have your like same high school friends, anything like that? Like those kids?
1: Some of them, yeah. Like probably like a handful of people that I really fuck with, but I don't know. It's, a lot of those friends are, are circumstantial. Yeah. And it's like, yo, a big part of why we're friends is because we're going to see each other every day, five days a week. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, the people that I still talk to, even if it's once a month, I'm swiping up on their stories, like, those people are the people that I really value and fuck with. Yeah. Even if we can't talk all the time.
0: Has it, like, you're kind of, like, new—I mean, how how long would you say, like, you're— um You've, you've been at this kind of like level of success?
1: Um, maybe like a year and a half. Okay. Yeah.
0: So has any of your relationships like been affected by that? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm curious.
1: For sure. I mm-hmm. think it's just like when you reach a certain level of success, mm-hmm. whether like money-wise or fame-wise, I think people's expectations change of you. Yeah. and people stop giving you the benefit of the doubt because they think that you're supposed to know everything or they always assume like your intentions aren't pure or whatever and stuff like that. You think
0: that they assume that your intentions aren't pure? I
1: think I think yeah, a lot of people mm-hmm. feel that way. Why like, do you think that is? I think I don't know. I think it's just when you're when you're like successful, people assume that you like know everything or whatever yeah. and like it it you get dehumanized mm-hmm. and I think with that people just don't give you the benefit of the doubt anymore. Yeah. As much.
0: Interesting. Um what do you think like I mean I'm sure that's like a price of it but like what are other like kind of like prices to this life that you've been given? Mm,
1: like lack of privacy. Mm-hmm. I think humans aren't really meant to be famous. Like mm-hmm. you're not we're not meant to be perceived by millions of people like yeah. our ancestors never experienced yeah. anything like that like cavemen you only knew the six motherfuckers in your tribe with you yeah so i think to to have to think about all these other people thinking about you and like you existing as a conversation or as a thought in people's head in rooms that you'll never be in in yeah in in situations that you'll never like be able to like correct somebody like, oh no, actually like, I'm not like that. I'm like this or actually, I don't know that. I know, I know this or whatever. Like that's, that's just like weird to to think about.
0: I I was thinking about this the other day. It's kind of like, um, like kind of like being like bullied in high school. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're picked on all the time and like no one, but that's like your side of it. Like people are talking about you and like people are talking about you in rooms that you can't be in. It's just like everyone has their own opinion of you and you yeah. just get bullied all the time online, you get harassed. Yeah. You know there's like those kinds of things.
1: But it's like I don't know, that's I think any job or any life path that a person chooses is going to have good things that come with it and yeah, bad things totally. that come with it. Yeah. And for me being able to like do what I love and change my life and my family's life forever is worth I can yeah. I can take that burden on.
0: Yeah. Did you see like this kind of trajectory for yourself or no? Like, what did you see like as a kid?
1: Yo, it's crazy. Like, do y'all have student of the of the month in Canada or student of the week in Canada? No, we didn't
0: have that. My my school sucked. Yeah, apparently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No talent shows, (laughs) bro. So bad. No competition. No student of the week. So. In, in my elementary school, we had student of the week where the teacher would pick a kid every week and that kid would be the student of the week. They got to, you know, go to lunch first. They got to be the line leader. It's
0: so cute. Like, such a great reward system. Yeah, right? Yeah, And you
1: can only get student of the week once.
0: Once the entire year.
1: Once, yeah. Once the okay. entire year. Because it's like maybe 40 kids in mm-hmm. a, 30, 40 kids in class. So it's like one for each week. And one thing that all we also did, like, to practice our writing was every kid in the class had to write a letter to the student of the week saying, like, yo, like, I appreciate you for being nice to me at lunch or, like, mm-hmm. for passing the ball and kickball or wh- whatever. Yeah. And when I was in third or fourth grade, I had booked this Honda commercial. Mm-hmm. And, like.
0: Acting or what were you doing? Yeah, acting, okay.
1: acting. Uh, no, I directed it, actually.
0: <laughs> I was like, "What?"
1: Um, and like, kids were seeing it at home. Like, it was like for for the North Cal Honda dealership, like yeah. commercial. Like, it was popping. Mm-hmm. So kids would see us, and everyone was like, "Yo, you're famous! You're famous!" And I was like, yeah, "I guess." <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember hella kids writing to me like, "Yo, I know you're going to be famous one day. I know yeah. you're going to be famous one day." And it's kind of crazy to just look back and be like, "Oh, damn!" Yeah. There kind of was this like foreshadowing. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I guess I just always had that yeah, X factor or like extroversion oh, yeah. or charisma or whatever you want to call yeah. it.
0: You're so at peace with like, um, which I think is cool. Like your, um, your ability, like your like casualness and saying that cause you believe that's true and it is true. Like to have, you have something that clearly a lot of people respond to. I like that you're just like open about it and like, you're not shy about it. Honestly, I actually, I respect that. I, think yeah, cool. I mean, I don't know. I think it's, it's kind of hard
1: like I'm a mm-hmm. Scorpio. My yeah. dad's really Are you
0: into are you into horoscopes? <laughs>
1: a little bit. You know, yeah. I got the coast star app on yeah. the phone and everything. <laughs> but my my dad was into it. Before mm-hmm. it was like a trendy like LA girl thing like yeah. um my dad like really really fucked with it and he said, "Yo, Scorpios tend to be extremists." Mm-hmm. And at first I was always like, "No, nah, that's not me. That's not me." But as I'm getting older, I'm like, "Yo, I kind of am a little bit extreme like" mm-hmm. And I'm finding balance a lot better now, but, you know, I'll either be, like, over-the-top, confident, like, yo, I'm I'm a fucking God. Or I'll be like, yo, I don't even believe in myself, like, imposter syndrome kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think finding that balance is key.
0: Yeah. Have you dealt with imposter syndrome, like, in the past?
1: For sure. Especially because, like, think about this. You have the biggest song in the world, and all you're doing is, like radio interviews on zoom and like playing xbox yeah because it's a pandemic like yeah so i didn't even feel like a superstar when every all the numbers are saying i'm a superstar and i'm like you're like at home yeah i, I don't it doesn't feel like it yeah totally
0: I, I was watching this like ted talk on um the the woman who wrote do you know the book eat pray love i heard of it like you've heard of it right it's like, it was like a huge like sensation they made a movie out of it. it was like a new york times bestseller but she talked about like what do you do after you wrote like the number one book in the world at one point. Like, what do you do? Yeah. And then like, where, how can I explain like where this creativity came from? And like, almost like her way of looking at it to like take the pain off of herself is like that creativity comes from like a divine source and it's channeled through you. So she, it doesn't belong to her, you know? She doesn't feel like it's her, her own concept and which can be like traced back to um, like mythological times, like mytho- like genuinely, like they believe that all of these divine ideas came from um, something other than themselves.
1: I, I fuck with that a mm-hmm. thousand percent. I I like, I really like that because it's like you're just a vessel, you know. Yeah. When I'm when I made that song, I wasn't trying to make. Well, you're always trying to make the biggest yeah, song yeah, in the world, but yeah. I wasn't like formulaic or whatever. It was just four friends in Ian's apartment just playing call of duty and like dicking around and something magic came out of that yeah so i think disassociating like your ego from your from the success of the work or from the work itself like Mm -hmm. makes it a lot easier to be be easier on yourself not so hard on yourself
0: so how do you look at it then like how how do you look at it to yourself like like you can take that success or just like creativity in general like how do how are you looking at it do you look at it as something not a part of yourself or do you look at it how do you remove your ego like what does it look like in well, your head
1: it's you i made it so yeah. it's always yeah, no, going to be a part is, of me yeah. but it's like i can't take full credit mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah
0: why do you th- like why do you think that like why do you feel that
1: because it's I, like the melody just came to me like yeah. it felt like i captured lightning in a bottle every time i make a song oh, yeah. that i really love it feels like I'm grabbing Mm -hmm. the imperceivable, the imperceptible and bringing it into physical manifestation, bringing it into reality.
0: How did you like, um, get over your imposter syndrome? Like having that, like, like, I'm, I I don't know how one gets rid of it. I don't think, I think. Do you still have it, you
1: think? It's a, it's a, it's a battle. Like. It is. Being happy and healthy and like fully, unless you're. A fucking enlightened monk yeah. in Tibet that just meditates for mm-hmm. twenty hours a day, like
0: and is master in inner peace. Yeah. yeah,
1: we're not supposed to have this shit no. figured out. No, so I think for me, it's it's like routine. Mm-hmm. I, I work out. I I'm, I keep check of what I'm grateful for. I say affirmations. Mm-hmm. I journal, and I try and be in the present as much as possible because. The only time that you feel like it is imposter is when you're thinking. When you're being and doing, you don't have, there's no space for those type of thoughts. Yeah. You're just in the moment.
0: Do you think like, um, like, did you do do anything like bizarre as a kid or anything like out of the ordinary as a child?
1: Like activities?
0: Just in general. Like, were you a peculiar child? Like, did you do like, like, I guess my, what, like, what I'm getting at with that question is like, did you always, because you have like this like strong confidence that like you kind of built and was also partly natural like a genetic thing yeah um well i'm i'm, I'm so curious with people in this industry because um everyone has something about them that's like unique and special like everyone does like that's why they're in this industry just yeah. period point blank
1: i did a lot of like weird peculiar shit as yeah. a kid to be honest with you like i did this brazilian martial art capoeira for seven mm-hmm. years
0: brazilian martial arts so it, what's that like what is that
1: so Basically, when the slaves were in Brazil, taken to Brazil, and the, the Portuguese were, like, ruling over Brazil, mm-hmm. um, the, the slaves couldn't—they were, they were trying to have a rebellion. They were trying to, like, get their shit back, right? Yeah. And you can't just be openly training for a rebellion, like, mm-hmm. under the eyes of your slave masters. So they had to invent this type of martial art that looked like a dance, Interesting. So music, they had instruments that they made out of like gourds and sticks and strings and drums they would play. And it looked like a dance. It was like a very fluid Mm kind of martial art, but it's the strongest kick in the world. Like you could really whoop somebody's ass in capoeira. So that was my first kind of like experience with like rhythm and like movement and you sing songs mm-hmm. all the people that's standing around like while the two people are fighting and training in the middle everyone's singing the song around so that was one of the things like when i was a kid i was heavy into video games like i would build my own minecraft servers with my friends at like age 8 9 mm-hmm. um like i was like downloading games illegally on the computer and mm-hmm. like programming and shit like that from a young age too so I was like computers
0: interesting
1: and then my third like peculiar hobby was <laughs> sneaker reselling okay and now it's like a lot more normalized but when I was doing it it was not like
0: yeah
1: how it is now mm-hmm. like there wasn't like random white kids with like 800 pairs of yeezys yeah. posted up on instagram like that didn't exist back then yeah so i would buy sneakers that were like beat up for cheap and like repaint them and like re-iron out all the creases in the leather and like refurbish and customize and like resell sneakers too interesting well
0: how old were you when you doing that
1: That was probably like i started at age 11.
0: was that like your first business venture yeah yeah, that was
1: my first business was that your
0: first like way of making money was that yeah yeah that's awesome that's very cool how like how have you been like navigating kind of like the like sinister aspect of the industry, especially music's so bad. Like I've heard, I have so many friends in the music industry and I hear just like nightmare stories of contracts um, and like rights to their own music. It's insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, so going back to signing my first deal, Mm -hmm. I knew that if you're an artist and you don't have the leverage of a crazy cult fan base or a viral hit song or Travis Scott, is putting you under his wing. You're not gonna have any leverage. Yeah. So I knew that my first deal, I was gonna get fucked. Yeah. At least a little bit. So my whole thing was, how do I get not as yeah. fucked as I like as little? Yeah. Whatever. However you say yeah, it, but yeah. I just didn't want to get
0: fucked. lowest
1: impact. Lowest. Yeah. Damage, lowest. Whatever. Lowest impact. Um. And how many, w-
0: how many years is your first contract?
1: So that's the thing in music. They don't really do it by years. Mm-hmm. They do it by, at least on the, on the label side, they do it by like minimum delivery requirements. So mm-hmm. my first contract was one EP okay, and then two albums.
0: Okay. Have you fulfilled that or no?
1: So I did my one EP. Yeah. I did my first album, El Dorado
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I renegotiated after Mood and gave them an extra album in order to get like better percentage terms and yeah. more bread and shit like that. So now I have two albums left still.
0: How is it like, um, like how do your managers and labels treat you or how did they like treat you differently after Mood? Did you even see like a difference or not really? For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everybody treats you differently once you start yeah. making them money, you yeah. know?
0: completely. Um,
1: and it's just, I I don't know, it's, it's the, I don't know if any other industries are like this as well, but in music, when you're hot, everybody is your best friend. Yeah. And totally. My brother, you know, this and my brother that. And everybody's got something for you or wants you to do something. And then when you're not as hot, a lot of people disappear. A lot of doors yeah. will close back up. And then when you get hot again, it's, oh my God, we need to catch up. Mm-hmm. Where have you been? Da da da. Like, bro, I've been doing the same shit this whole time. Yeah. And I think some of the best advice I got from anybody in the music industry was from this artist, IDK. Mm -hmm. And this was still when I was in college. He pulled up on one of my homies at the time, uh, his dorm room, and we were just kicking it there. I played him Valentino before it came out. And I asked him for some advice. And he said, this music shit is like a roller coaster. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. The sooner you accept that, the happier you will be because yeah. if you're letting your emotions go up and down as you're hot or not, yeah. you're going to be fucking miserable.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like, like chasing a high.
0: No, totally. Does your, um, like, do you have like complete free creative control at your label? Like, cause I have a couple of friends that like, are kind of like the industries and like, they know it, like they're like a bitch to the industry. Like they wanna do like little TikTok songs and like these little kind of radio hits that aren't like true to them, but like do well for that, for exactly what it is, you know?
1: In the last couple of releases I've done, I've definitely been more of like, oh, what does the label think is fire? But going forward, I'm about to stand on stand on it and stand on what I think is fire and be like, yo, this needs to yeah. be the single. This needs to be the single. Because we, we didn't try your shit. Didn't necessarily work out the way you thought it was going to work out. So let's try my shit
0: now. Yeah. What's something like you didn't expect from... Uh, like, I don't know why, like, uh, like, labels to me. Also, do you want my water? I haven't drank yeah, it. Sure. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know why, like, label shit, like, is so interesting to me. But, like, it is because, like... I don't know. I feel like there's some like darkness there, and I just like find it fascinating for some reason. Like, what's something? Do you agree with that? Like, do you think there's some like? Well, it's it's the it's the exploitive nature of it yeah. that is just like it is what it is. Like everyone knows it. They don't really care about you.
1: Labels will sign artists just for their one song that's going on TikTok, and then when that song's over, they won't give a fuck about them anymore. Yeah. That's why I was very fortunate in my situation. Like, they signed me because they believed in me as a mm-hmm. human being, not because I had some shit popping already. And when it stopped popping, they're going to throw me on the back burner. So they've been down with me. We've been down with each other for before anything was cracking. So there's like that good relationship there. But as far as like darkness, I think it's the exploitive nature, exploitive nature. And like people not knowing what they're getting themselves into. Like Mm -hmm. if you're from the hood and you never had $10,000 in your life and somebody's offering you $100,000, you're not even going to look at that contract twice. Completely You know It's That's that's like An unfathomable amount of money Until you get it And you realize Yo I just gave these Motherfuckers six albums For a hundred thousand yeah. dollars <laughs> yeah. Like And half of that Goes away to taxes yeah. Your manager's getting ten percent Your lawyer's getting five yeah. percent Your other Everybody's breaking it up and you're like Yo this is only forty thousand dollars Yeah I, what, what the fuck Can I do with that And then I think Also too like Especially if you're a girl Like a lot of girls, like like guys, will like try and sign girls to management to, so, like production deals, like just because they want to like fuck them or something yeah. like that, and not really care about their career. Mm-hmm. And it's just that, uh, what's the word, dishonesty? Yeah. That that's like hella shady.
0: Do you actually see that, like that, like in real time?
1: I don't see, like I don't see it personally, but like yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard stories and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: interesting. What about like like in terms of like how much you actually give away, was that like surprising to you? Like how much you actually walk away with at the end? Yeah. Cause like even the lawyer, like you actually do have to give like a percentage of your whole shit to a lawyer. I mean that, cause I, I learned about that recently. It's insane.
1: Yeah. I mean, standard is 5% of yeah. everything you make is going to go to your lawyer. Yeah. So if you're making a million dollars, your lawyer's getting $50,000 off that. Yeah. And then again, taxes, expenses all this other shit that so really like you don't make you don't make a lot of money off of the music as artist. Mm -hmm. nowadays you make more money off of shows brand deals and like advances
0: yeah interesting does your like label help kind of craft who you work with like producing wise
1: they can suggest people but like i my situation is a little bit different where I was a songwriter at mm-hmm. the same time for other people. Yeah. Before because my artistship.
0: Who were you songwriting for?
1: So I mean I don't want to put nobody on blast, but like oh, yeah. I've written I've written songs for a couple people here and there. And um because of that, I got to work with a lot of different producers and like a lot of other writers and like meet a lot of people that are really, really talented. Mm-hmm. So I can I know what I'm I fuck with and I got direct relationships with these people. Like I don't have to rely on the label to put me in with somebody. But for a lot of artists, they don't have that opportunity. And the label wants to get this radio hit. So they're Mm going to put them in with a producer that's got hits before and try and like force their sound into fitting in this kind of box.
0: Yeah. Does it like, who do you work with now producing wise?
1: Now I've been working with like a lot of new people because Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to evolve my sound mm-hmm. i've been living by this motto lately evolve or die yeah and i think to to get to that new sound i need to work with some new people so like mm-hmm. i've been like speed dating mm-hmm. where i'll try sessions with different producers every day and now it's been like two or three months of that and now i'm like okay i fuck with this guy yeah i fuck with this guy i fuck with this guy now I want to lock in with those people and, like, yeah. start to build that cohesive sound.
0: Did you really only do it one day with each and just, like, saw it like that? I guess yeah, sometimes it would yeah. be
1: two days, yeah. you know, or I'll get back in with somebody if I if I fucked with them or had yeah. to finish a song. But, yeah, it was a lot of testing people out.
0: Yeah. Are you able, like, at that point, to have, like, your pick of, like, the litter? Like, are you able to work with any producer you want? I have no idea how
1: that works. Damn near, yeah. yeah. It's like the the producer's gotta want to work with you too but i think at this point like most people are willing to give me a shot
0: yeah in terms of like new like it's funny that you say like evolve or die because like i feel the same way but more about like personal growth because i'm not i don't do music so like why the fuck would i need to evolve my sound so there's like other stuff that that like resonates with yeah but um how do you like like Evolve like new sound Like I As someone who knows Like who's not an artist And doesn't do this Like how What does that How would you explain that to to me
1: I mean it's the same thing As your personal life You mm-hmm. need to try things That you haven't done before Yeah Like I don't think you thought You were gonna be doing podcasts When you were mm-hmm. modeling Yeah Right This is your way of evolving Yeah Or, or dying you know mm-hmm. And I think with the sound It's getting in with new people or Trying new styles Listening to new music To be your Inspiration Like it's crazy when I was growing up, like I listened to a lot of soulful stuff, but once I had my first iPod or whatever, like I was just listening to straight rap. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started listening to rock music or indie music and mm-hmm. pop music that my sound started getting more versatile.
0: Yeah. What about now? Like, um, How would you say like your like new album is compared to the stuff you made in the past?
1: I think the stuff I made in the past was very pop, mm-hmm. which was just a, as a result of what I was, my mindset at the time and the mindset of the people that I was working with at the time, which was like every song, let's try and make that uh, sound like a pop smash or whatever. Yeah. Uh, except for like a handful that were on the album. And with this new album, I'm a lot more focused on like building a cohesive album feeling like around a concept and like mm-hmm. having a variety of vibes because... The truth of the matter is, you can only, in a in an ideal 10 out of 10, wow, that was the greatest album rollout ever, you're only going to have three singles max that mm-hmm. you can work at radio because each song is going to be on there for like four months minimum, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, 12 months, a year, three songs, four months each to work them, that's not every song on a, on a 10, 13 album is going to be a hit. So totally. why try to make every song sound like a stereotypical hit? Yeah. You want to make songs that people are going to connect to and relate to. And that's how you get yeah. real fans, which yeah. I think I'm doing a lot better of a job at this time around than the last time.
0: Okay. Fair enough. When, do you have a, a date, like approximate date for your album release or no?
1: No, I'd like to think that it will come out this summer, but yeah. the truth of the oh, that's matter soon. is... That's really soon. I, I don't think it will,
0: though. Okay. The truth,
1: <laughs> the truth of the matter is, like, there's no point in dropping an album until people are like, yo, I want more music from yeah. this guy. And your best bet is to drop singles, work mm-hmm. them, work them, see if something sticks, something hits, and if it does, then you give them an album.
0: Yeah. Was that also, like, an interesting thing to learn? Because, like, again, I've heard this, like, annoyance of, like their people's like labels uh like waiting almost like a year to release like an album.
1: For sure. But I think it's like that's just artists can be very impatient. We can yeah. be very impatient. And it's like, what's the point of dropping 12 songs if nobody want to listen to your one song? Totally. Like yeah. you might as well wait until people are like, yo, I love this song. What else you got before yeah. you give them everything else?
0: Are you finished? Have you finished it? Hell no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you have time. Yeah. Do you have like um like a specific like, how do you, like, uh, like extract creativity to, like, write? Like, do you have to, like... I have some friends, like, go away to, like, a cabin or something like that to get inspired and, like, block the rest of the world out. Like, do you have anything like that?
1: Nah, I think you can make good music anywhere. And yeah. I understand for some people it's like, yo, I want to... Maybe, you know, in their day-to-day life is too hectic for them to feel like they can be creative, which mm-hmm. I definitely can relate to. But I think at the same time, like... When I'm in the studio, anything can happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And s- not every song you make is going to be fire either. Yeah, I think it's more about consistency than inspiration because the more you practice, songwriting is a skill. The more you practice songwriting, the more songs you write, the better your songs are going to be. Yeah. So when that one day does come where you just went through a breakup or you just had the best day ever and you're feeling, you're feeling yourself, whatever you write, that's that lightning in the bottle moment is going to be so much better than what it could have been.
0: Yeah. Do you ever have, like, temptations, like, um, and you can say no, I literally don't know the answer, but, like, um, like to work with, like, let's say, like, the people, like, you did. I know you worked with Omar. Omar, yeah, um, Blake,
1: KBZ. Yeah,
0: like, do you ever have temptations to, like, work with... um with those guys again because you knew it worked like it worked you captured something in that moment you're like what if there's something here yeah to stick with
1: that i would a thousand percent work with them again i think right now what my focus is though is let me try and figure out what this new thing is Mm -hmm. and then how can we incorporate what worked before and infuse that with what's going on now so like if we were to work again i probably want to have a more solid idea of what songs are going to be on the album and then have them help build around that or build on top of that.
0: Is there anyone's like opinion, like in terms of taste, like when you create something that you trust more than others?
1: It's hard because mm-hmm. everybody's got an opinion.
0: Yeah. And there's it.
1: no such thing as a right opinion. I just trust people that listen to a lot of music. Yeah. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, the opinion that you have to hold over everyone else's is your own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask, like, is cause like you can go in like your own complete like direction. Like you start listening to different types of music and you start like you craft this like completely new sound that like what it, it might really resonate with you.
1: But nobody else fucks yeah, with it.
0: Yeah, that's why I asked.
1: Bro, I feel like that happens to artists all the time yeah. when they're just out of touch of what their fans want. Like Yeah. Obviously I know people like these songs that are light and poppy and catchy for me so i'm not gonna go and drop a whole drill album Mm -hmm. you know that wouldn't make any sense but it's like how can i combine (laughs) what my new inspirations are with what i know people like for me so i can put myself outside of the box that they put me in but not outside of the box all the way across the street just outside of the box a little bit left
0: yeah
1: left whatever (laughs) way left is
0: do you like um like do you get inspired from like other artists like how they've worked like like uh, you do like who who's inspired you
1: um as far as like musically
0: yeah as, as far as like um like always knowing what their fans want like never like kind of kind of like their like career like path
1: okay. i'm trying to stay hydrated uh, I think Kanye is probably one of the most inspirational artists to me because yeah. he was able to transcend what people thought he was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: His first album, um, to his first three albums were very much like leveling up on a sound. And then when 808s and Heartbreaks came, boom, he went completely left. Yeah, And people didn't understand it at the time, but he trusted himself. Mm-hmm. And that is the foundation of all rap to this day damn near like yeah every every artist born after that album or every artist born that grew up listening to that album their music is influenced by that
0: so is there like a part of you that like um like which i i i could get like your opinion matters the most, like period, point blank, and nothing can kind of like shape that for you.
1: No, because I be tripping sometimes. I think mm-hmm. everybody trips, yeah. trips yeah. sometimes, or is like.
0: But I'm sure even Kanye does too. Then, you know? for sure. Yeah. I,
1: from from what I heard, he's like very indecisive and like he'll. I've heard stories like he'll listen to anybody's opinion. Yeah, I've heard and that. Which which can be a good thing and a and a bad thing, but yeah. his track record speaks for itself. I mean, yeah. So it seems like taking in the most amount of opinions or data and then kind of like sifting through that and deciding what actually makes sense works like I heard stories of a a dude will come and drop off a pizza and he'll play the song for the pizza boy and be like yo Mm -hmm. you fuck with this and he's like yeah but what if you said this instead of that and he'll be like yo that's (laughs) fire like I'm gonna run that back and change it which I think is also pretty cool too but um I don't know uh I forgot what your question was. I
0: forgot what my question was, too. All right, cool. Cool. Um, (laughs) He's also, like, super high in openness. Like, that's why he's like that. Like, he's just, like, so, like, well, he's just, like, uber creative where it's, like, kind of just, like, delusional now. Um, But, like, part of that is, like, just like, grandiose, like, sense of, like, openness. Like, he's really attached to, like, nothing. Yeah. Which kind of makes him, like, unique.
1: Like, there's been so many albums that we thought were going to come out from Kanye that he just scrapped because he was like, nah, that's not what I'm on. Yeah. And to be able to put so much time and effort into something and say, actually, you know, I'm glad I executed that concept, but that's not what I'm feeling. Let's do something else. That takes a lot of balls because a lot of people would just be like, well, fuck, I spent all this time on it. Let's put this out at least. But he's very meticulous with his with controlling the narrative and and how he wants to be perceived and what art he wants to put out into the world. And I think that's pretty admirable too.
0: Do you like, do you think you're a perfectionist? Like you can say, no, I don't know.
1: Yeah. And people, I I didn't think I was a perfectionist. And then everybody around me is like, yo, you're a perfectionist, but it's cool. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting your shit to be as good as possible, but there is a problem with Letting your perfectionism overcome your ability to execute. Like, you got artists that are like, oh, I've been working on this shit for like 10 years and they're not really working on it. They're just overthinking it. Yeah. And I think when overthinking, overthinking is bad. Yeah. But taking your time and being detail oriented is good.
0: Yeah. I think it was like Leonard Cohen that like spent like 10 years like working on Hallelujah, like the song Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To, yeah, to, yeah. to not even master it. Like the one who mastered it was Jeff Buckley, like the song version that you sang. Yeah. Um, but it, it literally took him 10 years to put out this kind of like distorted version of Hallelujah with the same lyrics. Like he's the original creator of it. But he was just like. It was kind of talking about like two types of geniuses, like one where you can kind of like just pump out, like pump out uh, hits. Yeah. And then versus like someone like that that spent 10 years crafting this like masterpiece that we know as Hallelujah.
1: And but wait, I thought, how long did it take the guy who actually made so, this so, all famous to do it after the so OG he, came he out? He
0: knew uh, Leonard Cohen's version and just sang it on open mic and someone, uh, an agent was there and he asked to do his album because he was also like beautiful and like he he ended up dying after that but he had one he had one grace album so yeah. he just sang it his own way and now it's hallelujah
1: so yeah i mean that is interesting because i think if you're consistently working at something or like wanting to perfect an idea that there is value in that and there's not a right way or a wrong way but in the day and age that we live in motherfuckers will forget about you after 30 minutes let alone 10 years Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I think I think I don't know I think we're just in a different time right now where people are so used to instant gratification totally that unless they're like a diehard fan of you they're not gonna wait yeah but it's your job to make people into diehard fans
0: yeah oh yeah it's also cool that you're like kind of like niche into like creativity is like the genius that like pumps out you know like that would actually be your kind of like archetype yeah that's cool I'll just like to I don't like to
1: sit on shit for a long time I like to keep everything as current as possible yeah and get as much like keep it on schedule while still trying to make it as fire as possible but if it's like we gotta delay this three months for me to work on one song I'm not feeling that yeah
0: what do you do like in your free time like outside of music
1: I be like just chilling like Mm -hmm. I'm about to go play basketball tonight oh yeah I like bowling a lot Mm Mm-hmm. I watch anime and like other TV and like movies
0: who are like, like you have like a good group of friends here, like a core group of friends. Yeah. That you met out here.
1: Um, some of them, like my, my cousin lives right across the street from me Mm -hmm. and we're together everywhere. Like
0: he lives across the street from you here. Yeah. Damn. Wait, did he move out here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he moved out here like in the pandemic and Mm -hmm. was like staying with me at my old spot. And then I hired him as my videographer and photographer mm-hmm. just because it's like, you need somebody that you're comfortable with mm-hmm. to do that type of thing. To be with you damn near 24-7 every yeah. second of the day, like, it can't be someone you don't fuck with because yeah. you're going to get annoyed at them.
0: It's like you can literally, like, at that point, like, teach someone to just know how to, like, be a videographer because it was, comes down to, like, the personality more.
1: Yeah, and he was he was doing, like, that stuff already and he's, like, getting better and better every yeah. day as it goes. But, like that's that's who I'm with the most. Um, and it's kind of weird because I think as an artist, a lot of your friends become people that you work with. Yeah. Or a lot of people that you work with become your friends. And that could be a good thing and a bad thing. Like, my roommate in college, he's like on my management team now. I brought him into that. Damn, okay. Because when we were in college and my shit started, you know, Valentino was popping off. He was like a good sounding board and he got me my first credit card. He would help mm-hmm. me stay organized and help me with shit like that. So I was like... Yo, you actually give a fuck about me yeah. and the long-term development of me, not just as an artist, but as a human. So yeah. why would I not want to have you on my no, team? No, that's so
0: rare in itself, just yeah. like having that kind of person that genuinely cares.
1: What about you? Do you, Are most of your friends new people that you met out here?
0: Um, most of my... I have all, I have my hometown friends still. Like, I love all my hometown friends. So I like to see them, but they don't live out here. And then I have... Um, I'd, I'd say like, I honestly kept like pretty much all my friends, except for like, That's beautiful. two of them that like, that happens. Like some people just kind of are mean or something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you would like naturally have to filter people out through your life. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I have like a, I, I'm I I'm I'm sure like a lot of people relate to this, but like once like you have like friends, like Pat, like I, I had a, a couple friends like pass away when I was young yeah and I was absolutely. like, I can't like. Lose touch with anyone now, because I, I just like, because now I actually like care. Like I, I genuinely like even the kids I went to elementary school that like we weren't even friends. Like I'm sure you relate. Like they're still, they are still so like core to who I am. Like that like random girl like Kira in my class that like we weren't like they like, just care. I'll, I would be, it would really affect me if she like passed away. Like yeah. it actually would, because that's so integral to like who I am. When it all boils down. It's
1: like a piece of you. These people have a piece of your heart. It might be a smaller piece now than it was before, but it's like without them in your life, would you be the same version of yourself? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I was just back in San Francisco like two days ago, and I I was singing at the the Giants game. It was a season opener, take me out to the ballpark. And one of my homies, like my best friend in, in, one of my best friends in middle school and like high school, He was at the game and he texted me like, yo, I ain't seen you in a minute, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. let's link. So afterwards he pulled up to the crib and we like played 2K and like watched Shrek and hit a stizzy. And I was just like, yo, this feels just like back when (laughs) we were in in the old days and like reminiscing. And it's crazy what people remember because he would remember stories that I completely forgot about. And I remember stories that he completely forgot about. And it's just cool to relive that. And, like, feel like nothing's changed. You could still yeah. kick it with somebody.
0: Yeah, 100%. It, and then also, too, like, even, like, sometimes I'll, like, go back home. And I'll find, like, I don't know, like, like with people, like, do you feel the same? Like, like almost people, um, like, in your hometowns. I know a lot of people have, like, asked about this, kind of feel this way. Like, um, if they've stayed there, like, they haven't really changed. You know, like, they're kind of the exact same. Mm. So it's kind of like there's there's elements of it that are like so it's so nice um and then elements where i'm like so um like happy to like be around people that are constantly changing mm. with me you know mm. what i mean like i i love like kind of both of those but one is one of when i go back home and see kind of like everyone i knew from toronto it can kind of be like jarring um in a sense because i'm like you guys have you guys have stuck in time
1: a little bit yeah and i I, I gotta like I had to like Train myself like Not to judge Yeah Those, those people because Everybody got a life path Not everybody's meant To do what We do Some people are Are gonna be happy And content And would be more happy g- Going to school In their hometown Yeah Finding love With their college sweetheart Or whatever Getting married Working a job And raising kids Like yeah. That's just some people's
0: That's a beautiful life I, yeah. That's an
1: incredibly Beautiful life mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think we just chose to do something different. Yeah. And some people, it's like we've changed so much that we can't relate to them as much still. Mm-hmm. And some people, it's like, oh, even though we've both changed, like we could still find common, common ground, ground to kick it, yeah, which is cool too. Hundred
0: percent. Well, the common ground's like just everything, but that's like just the. Because I, I think about it sometimes. Like, do you know like like where you want to live like forever? Like, do you think it'll be LA? nah,
1: not LA. I don't want to raise my kids out here.
0: I feel the exact same way. And then I think about it. I'm like, I could go, I could like raise my kids in Toronto, but then I, I, the part of me that like loves being around like people that inspire me so much and like most inspiring people in the world to me are like London, New York and LA. They just are like, that's where I've met them all. They're all in these places, these hubs. So like, that's, it kind of like prevents me um, from leaving. In a way. It's like this like gravity pull of like all the best minds that you've met are here. Like you have to stay in this in some way.
1: I I could see myself raising kids in New York.
0: You could, New York City?
1: Yeah. And I like to think that I could go raise kids in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I don't know how Toronto is, but San Francisco has changed so much since I grew up. Like with tech money coming in and like gentrification and shit like that. Like Every time I go back, I'm like, oh, that's a new building there. Mm-hmm. This wasn't here before. Like this used to be the hood and now it's like apartment yeah. buildings or some shit like that. So
0: In a good way or a bad way? Like how I do mean, you feel about it? It's
1: I'm conflicted because in some ways it's like the people that the people the people that were living there before don't get to experience the benefit of the revitalization of the city. Mm-hmm unless you're like on rent control or something like that. Like fortunately for me, my family's been living in San Francisco at that same house for like 18 years now, 17 mm-hmm. years. So we we got rent control and we don't have to move out. Yeah. We can, we can afford to, to stay there because of that, but not everybody has that same yeah. situation. So it would be nice to give my kids the same experience I had growing up. But if I'm gonna have kids in 20 years, I don't even know what San Francisco's gonna be like in 20 years. Yeah. New York, I feel like is always gonna be New, New York. York yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's so true actually. I can't even imagine really, like, now thinking, like, what, like, can they really do? Anything to, like, evolve New York City would just make it more New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would just make it more of exactly what it is, which is, like, the most liberal city that there is.
1: Just surreal. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, I don't know, New York is. I fuck with New York, tough. Yeah, like, me too. walking places and mm-hmm. people tell you to fuck off openly. Yeah. Like, people I like doing that.
0: heroin on the street. Yeah. Like, no one, I saw. I saw this like tweet and it was like <laughs> the best part about living in New York is like you can cry like on the like subway or street and like no one cares. Yeah. Like literally no. And it's so, <laughs> it's so true though. Like you just like, everyone's such an individual there that you can just like get away with like murder. You can just do like whatever you want. No one cares about yeah. you. It's
1: great. Everybody's like a main character in New York. Yeah. Which I fuck hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Have you lived in New York?
1: Nah, I've just visited a mm-hmm. couple of times and every time I go to New York, like, I get, like, an inch closer to being, like, yo, I want to move to New York. Yeah. In the next two to three years, I would really, I want to get a spot in New York so I could be bi-coastal with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you think, like, like, do any artists even live? Like, are they actually, like, ones that are, like, continuously putting out music? Or even young ones, I guess, in particular. Like, does anyone, like, not live in L.A.? Like, does everyone just live here because of, like, studios and, like? Where the producers are, et cetera.
1: Most artists do move to LA. Mm -hmm. I think the only other city you could really be, only the only two other cities you could really be a popping artist in besides LA is Atlanta and Miami. Yeah, interesting. Those three cities, it can work. New York, you can be an artist in New York, but it's more like the Frank Ocean types. Yeah. Where they're like, not as rap. Exactly. Well, yeah. Or like, or like if you're a New York rapper, like a 5 eo foreign Mm -hmm. or like a, a little, I think little TJ even lives out here though now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I love New York. I lived in New York like two years right before the pandemic. You live there? Yeah, I lived there. It was so fun. And wow. I I would I would go back 100%. And I recommend you going if you even can. Like that's why I asked. Like is yeah. that even like like would you would you be allowed? Like do you have regulation over that kind of stuff?
1: Like I can I can do whatever I want, but I don't think it's in my best interest yeah. at this point cuz I'm really into like film and TV and like I'm working on producing some shows right now too. Mm-hmm. So all of that is centered here too. Like the only thing for me in New York really is fashion and vibes.
0: Do you have like, um, I love that. Do you have like, um, considering you want to like produce and kind of branch out uh, beyond just um, being an artist? Like, do you have like um, like models of that? Like, do you like see like, or do you not even care? Like, does that not even matter to you? Like, do you do you see like people that have like done similar paths? Donald
1: Glover did a really yeah, good job at that. Did from Childish Gambino and community to Would now. Would you act as well? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Hell yeah. That's Well,
0: you did the Honda thing. I, I yeah. did do the Honda yeah. thing.
1: So I took like my first acting class a, a month ago and like I learned a lot from that mm-hmm. and I've been doing self-tape auditions and stuff. So yeah. I think it's just a matter of time because everybody always tells me like, yo, you should act. You should act. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I should act. Yeah. I
0: think you could, yeah. I think it's it's not like that hard to learn. Like if you actually just like, you know,
1: I think for some people, it can be really hard to learn.
0: Well, yeah, that goes with everything, though. For some people, certain things can be hard to learn.
1: But being an artist, you kind of got to act a little bit anyways. Yeah. You know, you're doing music videos. You're talking to people that sometimes you don't want to yeah. talk to. You have to put on a show at these performances. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's definitely built in with that.
0: This is like a random question, but like um, how like has have like having a... Like a team around you, and like, have you been able to perform yet? Do shows yet?
1: Yeah, I just okay. did a show in Arkansas, like at this college a couple of days ago. I'm about to go to Alabama in a couple of days and do shows. Like, yeah, right now I'm doing like this little college tour run. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I'm about to perform in my sister's prom.
0: Oh, stop. Uh, that's so cute. Yeah, that's so sweet.
1: That's that should be fire. Um, and then I'm going on tour in May too.
0: Wait, so her prom for her uh high school, right?
1: So she went to the high school that I went to yeah. for prom. And and she's on like the prom committee and I was like on the prom committee mm-hmm. back when I was in high school. And she's like the president of it. So I told her, like, yo, if you can just cover like the cost of me to bring my sound guys out there and everything, like Yeah. Cause I, I was on the committee. I know they got a budget. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> if you could cover that, like I'll come and perform. At your school's prime, like, yeah. that'd be lit. You'll you'll be goaded forever at your yeah. school for that. No, that's, that's And awesome. it ended up working out.
0: Hell yeah. That's very cool. Like, having, like, a team around you um, and, like, performing for people and, like, kind of having, like, yes-men around you all the time. Mm. Like, how is that, like, fucked with your, like, for, like, idea of yourself?
1: I don't have that many yes-men around me, to yeah. be honest. Like, I like people that challenge my perceptions and my perspectives and my notions because you don't learn anything by people telling you that you're right all the time. Totally. You learn by fucking things up and having the wrong idea about things. Mm -hmm. And like at the end of the day, I'm not just going to agree with everything they say if we don't see eye to eye. Yeah. It's still that balance of trusting yourself. But I think that's where a lot of artists fuck up and start making trash albums because everyone around them is saying, yo, this shit is fire and acting like they could do no wrong and they start to get like this God complex where they Mm. literally think they could do no wrong. And I think, like I said, once you think you know everything, that's when life gonna humble you.
0: Yeah. Is that something you have to like rise to the occasion of? Like I'm rising to the occasion of like, everyone thinks I'm this thing. And like, I'm I'm like so important in this room. Cause every artist is like, it's just true. Like you are an important, you like are responsible for so many people's salaries. You're an important person. Yeah. like, I have to rise to this. I am important. I am special. I am, like, do you have to, is that something, like a conscious thing you had to make in your head?
1: I, I think I felt more like that before I actually I love that. was popping. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then from now, I kind of like got to, I, mm-hmm. I like I like to be the type of confident where you don't have to like be cocky or like pop your shit all the time. It's yeah. just like you're self-assured and yeah you're 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 solid in yourself yeah exactly exactly yeah because i think the people that flex the most are the most insecure 100
0: percent. yeah well yeah because they're like projecting an image from an insecure place yeah
1: Yeah. and so it's like being a superstar doesn't mean like being a dick to people and asking for only green m&ms or whatever like to me being a superstar is like looking people in the eye like making people feel important mm-hmm. putting on a good fucking show singing your ass off yeah and making good music
0: yeah oh yeah well thank you golden yeah for coming on this podcast i appreciate it my pleasure um and that's it that's the end <laughs>